Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Joining us right now, Cynthia Carr, epidemiologist at Epi Research. Cynthia, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Thank you for doing this. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, I guess uh, let's begin with your initial reaction to some of these uh, numbers. Total cases now over 10,000 in the province, five more deaths today. You heard the numbers in the news there, uh, 97 people um have died in the past month the numbers are not getting better um we haven't given it a chance yet we're hopeful that these new restrictions will cause the numbers to get better but this really is scary and and horrible isn't it well yeah and i mean we talk about numbers and numbers and numbers and it it's hard to understand what is not alarming people to change their actions if they haven't So, again, what we're seeing on a daily rate, um, you know, 437 new cases, 475 new cases. Those numbers total took us five months to get to from the start of this pandemic. So, for example, from March to August 7th, we had 476 cases total. And now we're dealing with that daily. In Canada, on Remembrance Day, on November 11th, we had 4,024 new cases. It took us two months from the start of the pandemic to do what we did in one day on Remembrance Day. And when I saw the pictures in the paper of people rushing to the malls to line up to buy things and taking risks they don't need to take on Remembrance Day, when we had 4,000 new cases that day, and all we have to do is stay home, do the right thing, protect ourselves, protect our veterans, protect our older people who have built this country for us. And I just feel abnormally emotional, and I apologize. But when I saw that picture and I thought about Remembrance Day and I thought about my father, a retired fighter pilot, who would go to war for us, what are we doing? What are we not hearing why do we need to parse every word of Dr. Ruth and instead of just saying, let's stay home? Did he say five people? Did he say six? Did he say the household? Did he say the household plus five? He said, stay home. He said the numbers are out of control and they're doing everything they can to control it. But they can't control our behavior. Only we can. Yeah, boy, very well said, Cynthia, and I, I appreciate you, you being honest with us about your, your emotions and your feelings. Uh, I, I, as well, don't understand this rush to beat a deadline I, 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 in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. I, I just, when we think about what's important and caring about the well-being of others, and it's interesting, my, my neighbor just sent me a text, and he's one of the kindest people I know, and he said, it feels like this pandemic's unearthed a dirty secret about Canadians. We we think of ourselves as being so sort of interconnected and supportive. And he said, do we really care about the well-being of each other or not? Hmm. On World Kindness Day, you talk about your kind neighbor uh, and how really this is all about kindness, isn't it? It's about 
my mom who's in a home in Alberta and my mother-in-law who has underlying health issues who I worry about every minute of every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we had a 40-year-old uh, die from yeah. COVID today. So it's not just the elderly and it's not just mm-hmm. people with underlying health issues. And we don't know what sort of lasting impact this virus is going to have on people that get it. And you're right, we're we're looking for a workaround. We're trying to figure out how we can get our hair cut before we have to lock down again. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, unfortunate when you hear things and it's like, stop with the learned helplessness. Stop with looking for an excuse or, but you said something different today or tomorrow. Stop reiterating a confusing message. What isn't confusing is this virus is spreading like a wildfire at this point. What isn't confusing is people are dying. And what isn't confusing to your what you just said, Hal, is that there are long-term implications to a person's health upon recovering from this virus. And again, to be uh, inappropriately personal, may I tell everyone, as a survivor of meningitis, I am hearing impaired for life. I had to relearn to walk and was taken to kindergarten in a stroller two years after being in the hospital for a month with meningitis, another highly infectious disease that if you win the wrong lottery and you get infected, you you might be virus-free, but you can have long-term outcomes. Or like the other little boy in my nursery school, he died. You could also win that even worse lottery. So I know this is not appropriate. I just feel a little disheartened today because the parsing of what the Dr. Rusin said, I just feel like we're not that helpless. We're, we really, we know what the answer is. And the answer is do whatever we can virtually. Look after each other. Please get your flu shot and stay as healthy as you can be on that side of things. Can even protect the health system a little bit more. And, um, you know, try to give our, our public health and providers a break. They've been working nonstop. Yeah. And you know what, uh, Cynthia, it's not inappropriate to be personal on this show because I get pretty personal every day. I've broken down in tears on this show, sharing personal uh, sadness and grief and personal stories. So I appreciate you sharing yours because we sometimes forget we, we worry about ourselves and maybe we're not elderly and maybe we don't have an underlying health issue. And it becomes about those daily tasks that we want to get in uh, before the restrictions kick in. And it, we got We have to stop thinking about ourselves, not all of us and not all the time, but there are times and some of us think about ourselves and we've got to start thinking about everybody else on this World Kindness Day. This is a great day for this message from you, Cynthia. Yeah, and just again to your point, how... You know, while we may not be elderly, um, we might not think we're at risk. And again, not to overstate this, but would you rather storm the beaches of Normandy or would you rather just stay home? Like our elderly residents made some really serious and terrifying choices for our well-being. Can we, can we just make some maybe not so scary choices to, to save you know, just one more person. 
Cynthia, I had a bunch of uh, questions for you, the epidemiologist. No, no, I listened. This was a much uh, more important and valuable conversation. We'll save all that stuff for next time. Cynthia Carr, thank you very much. You're welcome, Hal. Right now, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen join us, uh, joins us, drcyrus.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com. Cyrus, good afternoon. It's good to be here. It's good to talk to you. Yes, good to talk to you. Um, I just want to ask you one quick question. We had uh, epidemiologist Cynthia Carr on uh, about an hour ago, and normally we have her on to talk about COVID-19 uh, and the pandemic and models and numbers and contact tracing and all that kind of stuff. And she got very personal today and very emotional today. And I'm so glad she did. And we're getting so much reaction to that by text and email at 204-780-6868 and Hal at cjob.com. I'm going to try and squeeze a bit, at least a bit of what Cynthia had to say in on the show here before it ends at four o'clock. Um, but I'm curious to know, you. we've been talking a lot over the past couple of days about messaging. I know that uh, we talked to you as well uh, about messaging. You know, after hearing Cynthia uh, talk for five or six minutes and, and share with her with everybody, uh, you know, her underlying health issues and, and her frustration, I, I wonder if that's maybe not a better way to get people to see the importance of of the situation that we're in. Any thoughts on that, Doc? Well, I think that there are different ways to communicate with people. And, I mean, in therapy, we're always talking to people about kind of, um, you know, their cognitive, logical kind of framework, the way that they, the way that they think about things. And, and then we also talk to them about their kind of emotional side, the way that they process uh, information. And some couples have kind of... <laughs> They're like passing each other in the night where one person's completely speaking on an emotional level and the other person responds completely in a logical fashion and they feel misunderstood. And, and I mean, when you think about uh, kind of the way that people make decisions, we often feel that we're making decisions based on our logical reasoning. And when you actually look at it, people are usually making their decisions based on feelings. And so uh, I can imagine that... Um, you know, the impact of having a more, you know, connecting, emotional, uh, relating story. And um, when people feel that connection, they're more likely to make, uh, you know, a decision in that direction rather than if they're just using their logical mind. Yeah. Well, I think Cynthia did that today. And again, I'm going to try and play as much of it as I can before the end of the show. It was It was just fantastic, I thought, and so many people out there, uh, are glad that she shared with us a very personal and emotional uh, message on on another tough day on the COVID-19 front. Actually, we're going to talk about COVID-19 here. Um, is COVID-19 giving you agoraphobia? That's the headline. Tell us about this. Well, uh, when people are staying inside more often, now I see this, uh, when people are staying more inside more often, they get more afraid generally of going out. Now, sometimes this doesn't become kind of problematic, but sometimes it does. And I see it sometimes in clients who have, uh, you know, been maybe on an insurance claim, they've been injured in some way and they have to spend a lot of time at home. And um, over time, all of a sudden they start to get more fearful of going out. Sometimes people who maybe even haven't had experience with anxiety in a significant way in the past, all of a sudden feel this fear of going out and feel antsy to return when they're out um, of the house. And so, you know, we're kind of doing this mass level experiment where people 
are, you know, being kept at home. And, you know, some people obviously are staying at home more than others. And if you are staying at home, if you're feeling nervous about going out and, and are following these, you know, recommendations, there is a greater chance that you will develop a, an unease and nervousness and anxiety about going out. And um, so that is a kind of a problem uh, that people may encounter as this extends. Mm-hmm. And while we're talking about phobias, it is Friday the 13th. Our question of the day at CGOB.com <laughs> is about this. And um, about 40% of the people that have voted at CGOB.com admit that they are either superstitious or a little superstitious. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not scientific. It's sort of a snapshot, but that's not a small number. Uh, what do you think of Friday the 13th and, and the fear of this day? Well, people... Uh, can make connections and sometimes make connections quite easily. And so, uh, you know, when you have um, people testifying about a connection, uh, you know, between a bad experience and date, it can lead people to feel nervous and uh, and uh, react negatively themselves. Uh, tying it back to COVID-19, when you there's kind of what people say to do and then there's what people do. And so when you see people kind of acting nervously or not acting nervously and kind of breaking rules, uh, that becomes kind of modeling. And we have that same thing with things like superstition, where uh, if you see people being nervous about a date, it leads to more nervousness, you know, about that date. And, and the big way with all of these issues, uh, when you're feeling anxiety, if you want to overcome it, is to kind of face it. So if you're nervous about going out, if you're nervous about, um, if you're nervous about uh, Friday the 13th, you know, the way to overcome that would actually be to go out. Now, I don't know if we're if you can do that in a way that's safe, you know, like just going for a walk in your neighborhood maybe or something right. like that, um, you know, you have to make sure you're doing it in a safe way. But even small things can help you, uh, you know, in overcoming these fears and make, or making sure that they don't actually get to a kind of a phobic level. Yeah, or set up a ladder in the living room and walk under it. What the hell? <laughs> There you, you know, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> People are setting up stepladders all over the city. Uh, one more here before we break and check the weather here. Uh, the headline, one mindset change that can make you feel, uh, that can make you more successful. Really one thing? Yes. Well, um, if you're looking to kind of be more successful in life, this is a, this is a great example. Uh, they had, uh, about golfing, so all golfers can pay particular attention. For um, people who were going to a golf course, and you know, there's big golf courses like Pebble Beach and things like this, they made one of the holes, instead of it being um, a par five, they made it a par four, which means that everybody is expecting you to get the ball in the hole in four shots rather than in five shots. And when they did that, they found that the scores improved. So when the golfer went to the hole and they were like, wow, this is a par four, they were expecting to get it in the hole by four shots or they would feel hmm. disappointed. And so they did, you know, tournaments and one tournament they would do it with a par as at a par five and the next tournament they would do it as a par four. And when it was a par four, the golfers did better. So what they're saying here, uh, and I think it makes some sense is that uh, if you create a more, uh, you know, a, a better goal, a, a goal that pushes you harder. So instead of the example they have here is instead of trying to make 50,000 this year, trying to make 75,000, um, then you might be more likely to reach your goal. And, um, but they also said don't make the goal too big that it becomes completely unattainable and you just ignore it. So you kind of want to take that step. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.